Johnny Harrison, at Johnny Harrison NZ on Twitter, is the man in charge of Scott Base over this year's winter season. That's right, he's leading the small but mighty NZ team heading into the infamous Antarctic winter darkness. As winter base leader, his role is to oversee day-to-day operations of Scott Base, working with the Christchurch office to support the winter team and with key people at the US station McMurdo, which is just a few kilometres away from Scott Base. We caught up and had a little chat about what winter in Antarctica entails and how we stay grounded and stimulated through what I consider pretty much an out-of-this-world experience. Winter in the Antarctic may not be so dark after all. Kia ora Johnny, uh, welcome to Antarctica Unfrozen. Thank you very much for, for popping in. No worries, thanks for having me. So uh, you, you are the winter leader, if that's the correct term. Uh, for this for this winter here down in Antarctica, I mean, what does what does that actually mean? What does wintering over kind of mean here? So wintering over is something that's been done for the last all, over a hundred years now. So people have uh, come down here, and and uh, I think it's taken a little bit of a change since a hundred years ago. Um, a little bit more technical and a little bit more you know electricity and stuff like that play a big bigger yeah, part. In it. Touch more comfort, Just a maybe. Bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, for us here, uh, we, we basically make sure that uh, we keep the base running um, and ensure that we're ready to go for the upcoming summer season uh, towards the end of that that winter period so uh, keeping the lights on so to speak literally right. and, and figuratively so. and so that's just so that by the time the sun does come up again you guys can get straight into action and the the scientists that want to come down and do their work can come straight down and it's all ready to go yeah exactly and we also alongside of that we also do ongoing uh, long term science um, sort of research and, and, and uh, manage some of those longer ranging um, data sets that's right so you're kind of looking after those ones that are tinkering away 24-7 Absolutely, yeah. So it's it's a it's a big part to play in the in the history of New Zealand science. Absolutely, um, and even important. even world science. Yeah, it's great. Of course. And so, what would you say your d- job description in a way is? Uh, my job description is just making sure that everybody gets through uh, winter um, A-OK, really. So that's my uh, primary function. And then uh, alongside of that, obviously, I serve sort of more of a management uh, function, ensuring that things get done and uh, the tasking gets fulfilled and uh, people get jobs done and, and we all end up going home safe. Everyone stays happy. Mm. All right, cool. Well, so you've uh, this isn't your first winter, is it? No, no. So I wintered last year as well. So I uh, had, had about six weeks off in between and, and have come back for another one. So you've actually been here for how long continuously now? Um, oh, so this, uh, this season I got back in December. So I've only been back for a couple of months now. But oh. but uh, by the end of this year, I will have been down here for two and a half years in the last three. So. Wow. Right, serious. Yeah, you are an Antarctican. Oh, yeah, I think I could probably almost call probably myself that, that by now. I yeah, reckon maybe. And so uh, you obviously, you know, you got through the last one, and so you know, you might have had some expectations, and and assuming because you're back now, those those might have been met. But why why come back for another one? 
Yeah, so I suppose uh, last year I learned a lot, um, and so this year it's actually kind of nice because a lot of those things that you kind of learn um, in the first season you can now sort of put into practice the second. So uh, I think uh, there's a lot more stuff that I'll be able to do for me, and, and I'm hoping to sort of enjoy it a lot more. Um, the team that we've got this year is particularly uh, well seasoned, so um, it'll be really great just being able to rely on them a little bit more and, um, yeah, just enjoy the season for me, really. Yeah, 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 awesome. So it's, yeah, kind of like another another opportunity, I guess, to, to build yourself, better yourself and and um, run this place, get better at running this place. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> you only hope so. Uh, all right, well, so why don't we get into, you know, what, you know, you're here and I'm not going to say six months of darkness, but it's, it's four months of absolute and then two months of kind of, you know, relative darkness. Yeah, so uh, we get uh, four months of the sun doesn't uh, breach the horizon, the uh, but that doesn't mean that we don't get um, it, we still get twilight in those times. So, right. so that sort of nice transition period. We'll um, there's there's basically about a week and a half uh, right in the middle of each each of those where we get your normal sort of daylight hours. Mm. Um, so that's always pretty nice when you can leave the shutters open and just kind of yeah, enjoy nice. the day like you normally would back home. Oh, right. um, but then after that, it kind of goes to this nice twilight time, which is pretty pretty magical. Wow. And so, what does twilight kind of mean? Uh, moons up in the sky, the snows lit up. Yeah. So the twilight's quite nice because you end up sort of seeing the sort of the glow on the horizon but you can still get all of the stars and stuff like that and the moon yeah for sure wow that mm. sounds uh rather beautiful oh okay so i mean that's one of the nice sides and of of doing this what are what are the some of the challenges because you know you're down here and it's a tight-knit group it's a small squad you know uh what what from your experience have been the biggest challenges um over the last year or the last winter yeah i suppose if you took like a small group of people and uh put them on a desert island that's kind of essentially what we've got here um so (laughs) what's going on (laughs) that's right so we um we get we're sort of up and up in the summer months we end up getting up to around sort of the high 80s and we could have up to 100 people on the continent at a time and then in winter we go down to about 12 so you're sort of you're taking your numbers and you're sort of really scaling them back so we're um yeah you do do become quite insular and you've sort of got um, not much external stimulation as far as um, additional people coming in and yeah. conversations sort of ramping up so yeah, yeah right it um it can get a little bit stale at times but uh, fortunately for us we're quite lucky in that we've got McMurdo the American station uh, only about three kilometres away, so in the middle of winter we can still uh, travel over there, and and likewise they come over. So it gives us a great deal of um, sort of having those extra extra friendships and things like that that can form. How uh, often would you pop over there? Um, I'd say probably you'd once a week, right? Couple, yeah, a couple of times a week. Go for some tea or something. Yeah, or or even um, you sort of have friends over for um for for dinner or anything right. like that. So we also do darts and things like that on yeah, Friday yeah, nights. Of course. So, yeah. That's how it goes. Nice little uh, competition. Never did any 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 bad. Well, especially with the Yanks, right? <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> uh, you know what? Like for me, I I try to imagine what it would be like to be down here, and the main. Uh, issues I feel like I might face would be one, yeah, possibly the lack of, of contact with new people. I mean, meeting new people is fantastic. It's one of the things that gets me up in the morning. But, you know, also the fact that uh, just basic things like serotonin and those those things that our bodies are biologically built to um, roughly have consistently. I mean, how do you, I don't know, how do people stay mentally fit and how do they keep distracted and how do they kind of, yeah, 
What does that, that kind of look like during the winter down here? Yeah, so it's, it's pretty key to either have some kind of personal projects, so whether that's um, some people do um, building a, or constructing something or whether people learn a language or whatever right. it is, they try and sort of invest time in, in, into that kind of thing, which is quite nice because you do literally pull yourself out of society for a prolonged period of time, so you can actually spend that time to focus on those things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but one of the keys is making sure that you are getting physical exercise because, of course, that's just as good for your mental yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well-being as it is for your physical well-being. Um, and in, in winter it can be a little bit harder when it's a little bit darker and it's not as inviting to kind of go out when it's minus 40-odd. Yeah. Yeah, so otherwise it's just the gym kind of thing? Yep, yep. The gym inside is uh, usually pretty good and a few more people go to it in winter. So yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I noticed in there, um, on, next to the running machine or in front of it, there's a photo of uh, that beautiful Hagley Park Lane. And so obviously just a reminder of home and what, you know, try and visualise or something like that. Yeah, they're talking about long term you know having things like vr rooms and stuff like that that you could run in i was actually about to say that's a great idea i mean it probably work yeah our minds can be tricked pretty easily exactly it doesn't (laughs) take much as long as you don't get motion blur and fall over or something (laughs) and so when you're down here um you know are you truly trapped or or is there opportunities to get off the corner you know what happens with emergencies and and you know someone gets hurt or um you know there's bereavements back at home or or those those challenges that we have in the mainland can you know fix immediately in a way you know but down here it's a completely different story yeah that's um that's a good question so um there's a few things there so uh it it does become very remote and particularly in winter you don't necessarily guarantee that you're always going to get those flights when they're scheduled um the other thing is um that uh, at the start of this particular summer season that we've just had, um, we had a two-week delay, weather delay due to bad weather. Um, and so in that time, it was actually quicker to get somebody back from the International Space Station quicker than it would have been to get a plane down here. So um, you sort there of put, you it in, put it in perspective. Absolutely. It kind of, yeah, um, but it can become quite a challenging place, particularly if there are bereavements and things like that, where um, all you want is to be with your friends and your family to, to sort of help out, and, and it can become a very sort of, um, yeah, quite an isolated place at those those times in particular. Yeah, but yeah. so you can, so there are flights that do come down in the winter. Yeah, so um, the Americans, they fly one of their C-17s down right. um, and they'll land on night vision goggles. That, so What? So that 100 miles out, they'll actually get the um, airfield to turn the lights off and then they'll land with what? full NVG. They um, turn the lights off? Yep. Yeah, so it's pretty, pretty impressive to watch. So the boys up in the cockpit have got these... Yep. Oh my gosh, that must be so cool to see. Yeah, so and they they don't have many pilots that are trained up in both ice landing and also night vision landing. So Great. so they um, usually when they do them, they'll have a couple of passes and get various different people to jump in the pilot seat to to do a bit of a practice as they sort of do a nice low pass. So. Oh my god, have you ever had to jump off the continent in the winter? No, no, not yet. In touch oh, nice. wood. Hopefully, I yeah, hopefully I don't have to. But no. I suppose that's another one is that um, because we are close to McMurdo, they've got a full full operating hospital over there. Yeah. Um, but it isn't uncommon for medivacs to, to sort of occur and they can happen whenever. So. What kind of situation requires a medivac? Um, anything that they can't operate on locally. Um, right. And even then sometimes they may wish to sort of elevate that and get the person off continent because it's better for their well-being. So it just depends really. 
Okay. Well, uh, and so what of the, you know, everyone, I was saying before, you know, everyone says and they talk about the doom and gloom and of winter, but, you know, in my mind uh, on the good nights, I picture endless uh, stargazing for 24 hours a day, um, shooting stars, I'm sure. Uh, and of course, one cannot forget the aurora down here. You know, you must have seen all of these things. Yeah. So the aurora is pretty, pretty special. Uh, and I think there's not many places in the world that have less light pollution than there are down here. So Surely um, this must be the best place to it, see it. It's pretty phenomenal, even just the, the night sky with all the stars and looking at the uh, Milky Way, it's pretty phenomenal. Uh, but yeah, we we have some pretty good creature comforts inside as well, so we've got a nice gas fireplace that goes in winter. Oh. So sort of sitting down in the in the lounge and reading a book while it's dark outside oh. is... is it's not bad. Cupper in hand. Yeah, exactly. Want some of that fruit toast? Yep, yep oh. you got it. Yeah, yeah, I do. I do get up and smashing the fruit toast late nights here, but it's still daylight at this point. Yep, toast so appreciation club I, carries on. Exactly, exactly. It lives on down here. Um, I mean, so a little birdie told me you like to take photos too. Oh yeah, one or two. One or two, and so I don't. You've got any? Um, what's would have been one of the best nights out with the camera? Yeah, so I suppose one to note would would have been probably one of the better nights for auroras and. Um, it just so happened to be the coldest, or probably the coldest night that we saw all year. Oh. It was minus 66 and standing what? outside taking photos and that. What? Yeah. So that was, that was pretty pretty different. What were you wearing? Like double ECW, extreme cold weather gears? like. Yeah, so oh, most of the stuff that you've got is actually rated by the time you end up putting all your layers on to about minus 70. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, needless to say, while you're standing outside, it can get a little bit cooler, but um, yeah. Was out there for a couple of hours. That is ridiculous. And so, what did you see? What does an aurora? Can you describe what that kind of looks like? Um, aurora doesn't actually look like um, like you don't naturally see the colour. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's crazy green. That's so, <laughs> so, a great little camera trick. Exactly. There? So the joys of having long exposure and, uh, and and all the all the tools for that. So um, yeah, unfortunately, you just sort of see it as clouds, unless it's super bright. And if it is super bright, you can actually see some of those colours. So right. there were a couple of times there we could start seeing those green and yellow tinges, which were pretty pretty. Special. But uh, the first wow. night I came out to, or the first aurora I ever saw, yeah. um, I sort of came out of the locker room and sort of outside and I sort of stuck my head up and I was kind of like, oh, that looks like a cloud, but it's moving kind of weird. What? Wait a minute. Is, well, I'll just, just put my camera down here and have a, oh, look at that. It was an aurora. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, my gosh. So you just w- never know. Why is that cloud wiggling like exactly. a worm? Exactly. Yeah. What's it doing up there? That, that doesn't look like a normal cloud. Oh, man. No, it's fantastic. I mean, yeah, I, four months is it's that do it's doable yeah 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 it's like an imagine you know it's like um especially how often would you get an aurora um yeah so i suppose the aurora is uh not actually that uncommon um and what it is is basically emissions um stuff coming straight from the sun right. that's colliding with our atmosphere emissions well yeah so you know, kind of yeah essentially yeah um so it's um discharges from the sun that are colliding with the atmosphere which cause it so the particles that are getting blown out of the sun take take about eight minutes to hit us and that's why it's kind of hard to actually predict it because right. it's happening so quickly. Yeah. Um, so uh, the other thing you have to contend with is, is the cloud cover and the weather. So obviously that's a big thing down here. Um, and then we also you have problems with um, full moon. So yeah. you get too much light too from much the moon. Light. So uh, by the time you end up having um, you know cloud cover and all that, I'd say you're probably one week in four, you'd get pretty good stargazing opportunities and wow. decent aurora. Yeah. Oh man. So what I mean, what can you do any activities outside in the winter? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. What, yeah. what can you do? I mean, I know that there's a little ski field down here. I'm gutted. I'm 
missed it, but <laughs> that place looks absolutely classic. Good old tow rope. Yeah, we um, we don't have that running in uh, winter because there's not not that many people to run it. Yeah, but, right. But um, most of the most of the recreational routes stay open all year round. So right, all the walking routes, yep. etc. Yeah, so people can get out and walk, or, or even bike or ski places in winter. Um, so it's not too too restricted compared to summer operations, really. So. Right, right. Oh, too easy. And mm. so, tell me, uh, this is one of my favourite parts of of being down here and what I've noticed and you know as soon as this this great idea of freshies right and so when I think of a freshie and I'm sure a lot of people you know we either think of like first years at university or um you know maybe fresh people to the base I'm not really sure but what does freshies really mean to you guys yeah so freshies is fresh fruit and veggies so yes, so all of the, the all best. the fresh produce that you just can't seem to get down here and you certainly can't get enough of so no. it is literally like christmas for us so yeah. whenever those planes do finally get in particularly in the depths of winter it's, they bring um, some oh yeah yeah and oh. it's it's magical and so who who hooks that up just the legends back at HQ yeah so, so all the all the staff in Christchurch, they know sort of um, they know the way that the whole season rolls, and so they're always really good at sending uh, care packages of sorts, and oh, whether yes. that's you know a nice little bit of orange juice, fresh orange juice to keep you going for a little bit, or or, or you know a few a few extra bananas or, or a bunch of apples and things like that. So it oh, certainly makes all the difference. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh well, uh, Johnny, I think that was that was fantastic. I um, just hearing about what it's a bit of life is like in the winter here. Um, is is very insightful and I uh, appreciate your time and uh, really wish you all the best throughout this winter. I'm sure it'll go smoothly. Awesome. Thanks very much for having me. Uh, been a pleasure. Oh, cheers. Cheers. Thank you so much for joining us and listening in. I hope you enjoyed the episode and do check out some of the others. As always, it'd be great to hear from you. So leave a review or subscribe or get in touch anyway. More info about the episode can be found in the show notes, so feel free to explore. Thanks again, and here's to Antarctica.